Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing? Y'all all right? All right. Quiet makes me nervous. Y'all know that, don't Amen. It's good to be here with you. Great testimony. Praise God for his providence. Amen. And his protection. And I, I thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's my honor and pleasure always to come here. Uh, second home to me. Amen. I feel, I feel comfortable when I'm here. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have, we're going to believe God this morning. And so again, just want to thank you. If you have your Bibles, John chapter seven, <clears throat> John chapter seven, We're going to be looking at a very familiar portion this morning. John chapter 7, verse 37 is what we're going to look at uh, in the Word of God. John chapter 7, verse 37. One man said, after digging a thousand wells of my own and stumbling upon a thousand others dug by the hands of thirsty men, I have yet to realize that the only well that can satisfy every thirst is the one that men will never dig. Let me read it again. After digging a thousand wells of my own and stumbling upon a thousand others dug by the hands of thirsty men, I have yet to realize that the only well that can satisfy every thirst is the one that men will never dig. What a powerful statement. That men will try and dig wells to quench a natural thirst, but yet there is a well that satisfies beyond the natural. Can you say amen? And this is a well that men cannot dig. The text we're going to read from is Jesus makes a statement that still rings true today, that no matter how many thousands of years ago that this was written, that Jesus's words still rang true. And that word is if you're going to have life, if you're going to be satisfied in your soul, we must drink from the well of Christ. You cannot drink from another well. You can't drink from the well of culture. You cannot drink from the well of money. Come on, somebody. You can't drink from the well of such and such and so and so. That will satisfy for a time, but it will not satisfy forever. If you are going to be satisfied Deeply, internally, eternally, you're going to have to drink from the well of Christ. And I'm not just talking to those that may not know Jesus. That goes for you, too. But I'm even talking to those of you who are born again, that we have the capability of coming to church, being in church, but not drinking from the well. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Now, at this point, I'm going to loosen my tie. And most of you know what that means. If the tie gets down here, you're in trouble. <laughs> John chapter 7, verse 37, very simply says this. On the last day, the great day of the feast, on the last day, the gra- that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, 
if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Church, help me pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. I give you all the praise and glory. You are awesome, God. And we just ask you to meet with us here this morning. God, I don't come by my own ability. I have none, God. I'm, I'm resting in you this morning. Let us see your glory. Let us see who you are. And I pray, God, we would drink from the well this morning, the well of Christ. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, all God's people said, amen, amen. Drinking from the well, if you take notes, drinking from the well. Let's look firstly at the feast, at the feast. It's very interesting where Jesus makes the statement. He did this during the last day of the feast. So concerning that feast, it says in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 29, this. Also, on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days on the first day, there shall be a Sabbath rest and on the eighth day, a Sabbath rest. So think with me here for a moment. This has been a feast of food and drink. People have fellowship with each other. Also, they are following what God has said to do. They are following the law as they should. The people are satisfying the requirements, but they themselves are not satisfied. There is still a thirst within themselves. John chapter 4 and 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Man-made wells will pacify, but they don't satisfy. The work, they work for a time, but it won't give you completion. And we are no different. You can fill all the requirements, church. You can check all the boxes of life. You can have the money. You can have the career. You can have the home and even power and position. You can even be in ministry. You can be functioning within the church and yet still thirst. They were, requ- they were doing the requirements when they were having this feast. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing, but they weren't satisfied. How many people do we know? They go to church. Come on, folks. Come on. Come on. Come on. Well, let's be let's be real here. Let's not act like we know people. And if it's you, it is what it is. <laughs> but but we know people that go to church. We we, we know people that that check the boxes. I went to church today. I, I read Psalms 23 today. I, I, I read, I did, I did this, I did that. I, I said hello to pastor. They check the boxes, but yet they're not satisfied. They do the required, but yet not satisfied. Our text says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me to drink. Jesus stands up in the middle of this feast And proclaims to all with ears, anyone who thirsts, come to me and drink. What Jesus was doing, he was proclaiming a truth to them. Listen to me. He stood up to bring the focus on himself. So I want you to think about a giant feast of hundreds of thousands of people. And they're all there feasting. And all of a sudden, Jesus stands up and says, anyone who thirsts. Now think of this. They have food and drink there. But he says, anyone who thirsts, 
Come to me and drink. He was bringing the focus on himself. What he was showing them is though you have this grand feast, though you have all this food and drink, yet plenty of food, but yet your souls are not satisfied. Your bellies will be satisfied. Your flesh will be satisfied for a time, but your soul is the most important thing. And you're, as you're doing these requirements, you're only fulfilling the flesh. And Jesus stood up and said, no, anyone who truly thirsts in soul, you come after me. Not this feast. John six fifty three. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in him. Jesus tells them, if you want to be truly made whole, complete, content, then you must come to me. Listen, church, you have to go to Jesus. You must fall at the feet of Jesus. But not only just come to Jesus, but he says, you must drink of me. Drinking of Jesus, that your soul is so satisfied. It doesn't mean just coming to church for a religious experience. It doesn't mean just coming to the altar because everybody else does. What drinking of Jesus means is that when everything crumbles around you, you still hold on at the foot of the cross. Come on, somebody. What it means when I drink of Jesus, it means it doesn't matter if my whole family is sitting at home this Sunday. I'll be at church ready to worship. What it means drinking of Jesus, that no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, no matter what the circumstance is, that Jesus will always be number one. That's what drinking of Jesus means. It doesn't mean that you bought a good Bible off of Amazon. It doesn't mean that you bought the new dress shirt and you look real good today. It doesn't mean that you had the new dress on from Ross. Come on, somebody. From Target. Come on. You know what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that. That's not drinking of Jesus this morning. Drinking of Jesus is being honest about your sin. It's being honest about your mind battles. It's being honest about depression. It's being honest about the anxieties that you have. It's being honest that, God, I can't do it myself. That's what he's talking about. But the problem was they wanted to go to the requirements and the culture to try to find satisfaction. Oh, church, how many times have we done it? Come on, folks. If, if I just get the boyfriend, I'll be all right. Come on. If I just have the girlfriend, if I just had the new clothes, if I just have this, if I just had a better house, if I had a better car, if I had a better position at work, then I would be satisfied. And when you do have those things, what do you find? You're still dissatisfied. It's still not enough. How many ever got a new car? And you love that car. You put your car scent air freshener in there. Come on, somebody. You put uh, your black ice, huh? Whatever you like, amen. You put it in there, and you spraying down the seats every day. And, you you know, you wiping the seat when you get off. You know, you wiping when you get out. And you just stand back and look at it. Open the doors. You take a picture. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen the new model of the car you just bought? Come on. Have you seen the new model? You'd be like, man, my car's a piece of trash compared to that. Look at that model's so nice. And that new car, right? You ever got a, you know, a 2018, you see a 2020, you're like, oh, wow. You get in your car now, you're like, well, what has happened? You were satisfied for a time until you saw something better. And now the satisfaction is gone. 
Because that's how we are. This is why Jesus said, you need to drink of me. Because once I satisfy, I satisfy. Once you take a partake of Christ, uh, once you saturate your life, uh, saturate your life in Christ, uh, it's satisfaction all day. But if you keep going to the culture and different things, you'll always be searching. You know, I have a 15-year-old. My God. I'm sorry. I, it just hit me. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. I have a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old. And I have a six-year-old. That's my baby. That's my boo. The other two are knuckleheads, whatever. <laughs> but I look at my 15 and my 14-year-old, and I understand. And I, and I, I say, listen, man, all these kids around you that want to get the new this and the new that, listen, there's an insecurity there. there. There's something there that they're looking for. They just can't find it and where they're looking at. And so they constantly search. It'll be this this time. If I just get this, it'll. And they're searching and searching and searching. And they're still coming up empty. Like some of you maybe. You've been searching. And you find yourself empty. That's why Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. You'll be f- satisfied in your soul. See, Jesus is calling all to drink from him. The weary, the thirsty, the hurting, the addicted, come on somebody, the abused. Drink from the fountain of life and you shall have life. Church, are you drinking from the fountain of Christ? Listen to me, don't be religious on me. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, for real. Are you drinking from the well of Christ? With that being said, let's look secondly at not drinking from the well. So then the question is, well, what happens when you don't drink from the well? Right? What, what, are, what, what, the, what does that look like? I'm, I'm a what does that look like guy? What does that look like if I don't drink from the well? Let me take your, deta- uh, your attention to Jeremiah 2 and 13. For the Bible says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn or created themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Church, I want you to think about the scripture I just read to you. And I want you to think about this. Where can we trace evil? Where can we trace evil to? In other words, we can discover what is at the heart of evil in Jeremiah 2.13. Where does evil stem from? It stems when they forsook the fountain of the living water. And I can prove it to you. If you remember in the book of Genesis, where we see the first sin, right? To, what did they do? They disobeyed God, did they not? They disobeyed God and did what they wanted to do. In other words, they forsook the fountain. Okay, you with me? You with me here? They forsook God, the fountain, and made for themselves what they wanted. They made their own sister. We're going to do what we want. Okay. They forsook the fountain of the living water. They stopped drinking from the fountain. How many know distractions can stop us from drinking from the fountain? How many know that a taste for something else? Oh, yeah, I'm going to hit that one real hard. A taste for something else. In other words, you know, this church thing, I need to live life. I, I, I need something different. But how many know you take you to the different place? I don't know if you've realized that yet, but you take you. You all jacked up trying to go somewhere that's not jacked up so you can jack it up. That's what happens. It was perfect until you got there. But this is what we do. I I, I need something new. I need something more. 
I feel like I'm in a box. This Christianity thing, I don't, I don't know. And all of a sudden, we start having taste for something else. Instead of tasting for prayer. Come on, somebody. We don't taste for the word of God like we used to. We don't have a taste to indulge in fellowship with other believers. We don't have a taste for, to be able to come and worship God. And all of a sudden now we have a taste for different things and we start leaning towards those things. I'm telling you, we do that. Evil comes from that. There is an evil that's waiting. So think of this with me. This is what the Lord is telling his people. James 1.15, one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Verse 15, then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. The day that you decide not to drink living water, you are putting yourself in danger of sin. You are putting yourself in danger of addiction. You are putting yourself in danger, amen, for another entity to have dominion over you, over your mind over your heart you are putting yourself in danger of no longer having dominion over sin but yet now succumbing to it because we forsake the fountain have you ever noticed i don't want you, you know what don't raise your hand don't raise your hand you ever called out sick and you weren't sick i know nobody here i know that's the newport news thing i know that's not a virginia beach thing i lived here i know they don't do that here i know that to Newport New, we always we do that. All. They do it all the time. You ever called out sick? You won't sick. You ever notice it's much easier to call out again? You ever notice that? That the first time you did it, you like, you like, hello, <laughs> yeah, man, jacked up, bro, jacked up, right? You all nervous? You just waiting to hear? Okay, man, we'll get better. We'll see you. Okay. Oh. Then the next time you like, hey, man, I ain't gonna be in there. I'm sick. You just sound normal. Yeah, I'm sick, dog. I can't even. Yeah, man. <laughs> what happened is getting easier, huh? And you ever notice that it gets easier and easier? It's just easier and easier. I want you to think about this with me. So when we forsake things, it gets easier every time we forsake it to forsake it again. It gets easier and easier. And eventually we don't even think about it. We just do it. Listen to me. That's what happens Super in the spiritual realm. That's what happens to your salvation. It gets easy. You miss that first service and it gets easy and easier to mix the next one. You stop. You don't read your Bible that week and it gets easier and easier not to read it again the next week. And all of a sudden, whereas before you would think about it like, oh, man, I got to read my Bible now. It's a it's an afterthought. It's not even a thought. It's because everything seems normal. But what you are not seeing is that internally things are changing. Your mind is beginning to change. Your heart is beginning to change. Hence, all of a sudden, now you have a taste for something else because internally things are beginning to change. The second thing that he says in, our, in the text I read to you is they carved out their own cisterns or made their own wells. What this means is that the people have made their own fountains to drink from doing it their own way, doing their own thing. But the problem is, is that those man-made fountains are broken. They are cracked. 
unable to sustain water level, unable to hold water. In other words, when you make your own well, you got to put your own water into it. Whereas a natural well, how many know it just naturally springs up? You don't have to put water into it. You can just go there and drink. But when you make your own, well, you have to put something in there. Amen. And then he says they're cracked. In other words, it leaks. It doesn't hold. It's only for a time. Haven't you noticed that when you start going away from God into other things, that is fun for a time? And then all of a sudden, you need something new. All of a sudden. This ain't working like it used to. This is not it. Because those cisterns are cracked. They don't hold. Listen to me, everybody. Listen to me. I can feel it by the spirit of God, man. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because that's how you see your life now. Nothing's holding. This isn't working. My heart, I still have all these things inside. Nothing's helping me. I've tried the drugs, I've tried the drinking, I've tried to go out, I've tried all these things. And when I do it, yeah, it's fun for a time, I feel great. But then when I come back home, I realize who I am. I look in that mirror and I see myself again. And here I, back, here I am back trying to dig out another cistern. In other words, you thought you could manufacture what only God can give. Listen to me. Only God can give you true joy. Did you hear what I said? Only God can give you true joy. You can't manufacture God's joy. Can I inject something? And this may offend some people, but I feel like I've already offended people, so I might as well keep going. You know, when you get real jumpy in life, in other words, you find yourself constantly moving from thing to thing. Now, again, now, now let's, let's take this with some balance, folks, okay? So when I say this, all right, because some of us have moved quite often. Now, maybe with the circumstances, you had to move, and that, that, I'm not talking about that. But you ever know people who just always have to, every year they move for no reason. The house is fine. The, the apartment is fine, but they just move to another apartment. The rent's the same. I just, I just feel I need, new, I need new territory. I just need a new house. It, it, this is new. Ah, it's not new enough. I need something new. I, I want granite countertop. Just put them in. You don't need another house. <laughs> but that's what people, right? They, they, they're jumpy, I, even with hairstyles. Now, ladies, listen to me. Because I know, because I said this before one time, and oh, my gosh. Look. I ain't playing with y'all today. Don't listen. Because I can already feel it. I can say, oh, <laughs> what about a hairstyle? I'm not against hairstyles. I'm not against a little color, okay? But I just, like, every day? What I'm saying is that, you know, today is blonde, and that's cool. And then that night is, bur- you know, it's burgundy. Like, I don't even know who you are. Like, you walk past, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and then the next day is red, and then, it's, then now we want to go through all the colors of the spectrum now. Now, you know, now we're doing magenta and, 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 and you know, periwinkle blue, and, and it's like, what are you doing? Let me tell you something. Now, again, you want to put a little color in your head, you be my guest. But I just noticed that people that it's almost every day, they got something has to change. Something has to change. They can't be consistent. What I'm noticing is that they're not satisfied. And they're searching and looking and thinking, today will be the day. And when, they, when it isn't, they become so disappointed. 
that they do fall into depression, that they do fall into, you know, various dark abysses of life because they can't find it. Church, are you, are you making your own cistern? Are, are, you, are you trying to manufacture it yourself? Are, are you try, how many prideful people we got here? Don't raise your hand. Don't, I just want to see. I just want to see what's going to happen. I just want to see what's going to happen. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's okay. It's okay. Pride, come on. Pride will make you do that. Pride will say, I can figure this out. I can figure that I can do it. I can, I can figure, I figured out my whole life. Come on. I figured it out. I I had a rough life. I had a rough childhood and I had to figure it out and I'm going to figure this one out. And then you start realizing you don't know nothing. Can't figure it out. So what do you do? You try to ignore it and act like it's not there when it is. Constantly changing can be a sign that you're not drinking from the fountain. Again, I'm not talking about, you know, you buy a car 10 years ago and you bought a car yesterday. You're like, yeah, I'm constantly changing. No, that's not constantly changing. Okay, I, I, I'm not talking about circumstances that cause you to have to shift. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about people, and you know, you know who you are. You're constantly changing because you're constantly searching. And what I've found is that those people are not drinking from the fountain. See, the fountain is consistent. You follow what I'm saying? That is consistent. So with that being said, church, let's look at outflow as we begin to wind this down. Looking back at our text in verse 38, the Bible tells us this. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Think with me here as we close. Jesus says, drink of me and you will be full and satisfied. You will be made complete. You will be stable. You will have life flowing through you. But the Bible says out of his heart. This isn't talking about emotion. When the Bible says heart, this speaks of the inner man, of the soul. So we know that this, but the text says that as we are filled and made complete, then it begins to flow out. In other words, that inner feeling will begin to show outwardly. You'll begin to see the effects of being filled on the inside outwardly. You will have a life. You will have stability. You will not be satisfied with anything else other than Christ. In other words, there is a bursting that when we are satisfied, it begins to change the atmosphere of our homes. It begins to change the atmosphere of our churches. It begins to change the atmosphere wherever we may be at, our works, our homes, our schools, whatever it may be. When we are full, it begins to change something in the atmosphere around you. And people start realizing that we are all the same, but this person is different. It should flow out of you. It should not be held within. You'll begin to see the effects. Psalms 42 and 2. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Can you say amen? He said, my soul thirsts for him. He's the only thing that can satisfy me in this weary soul of mine. Isaiah 58 and 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. 
and strengthen your bones and you shall be like a watered garden. Come on, somebody. And like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. That's what it looks like when you drink from Christ. That when everything else is weakening people, that you can stand tall. When everything else in this culture is grabbing the attention of people, that you say, no, my attentions are on the cross of Christ. That no matter what goes on, that I can be strengthened. I can be a river, amen, flowing through me when there's a drought all around me. That is what it looks like. My mother-in-law, I love my mother-in-law. She's awesome. My mother-in-law, her mother had died some years ago. Her and her mother were best friends. And so me and my wife, you know, we, we understand the situation. And so, I'm, folks, I'm not the one that when somebody dies, I try, oh, I'm so sorry. for. I, you know, I, I don't know what to say sometimes. So I just kind of be like, I don't know. I'm, I don't try to manufacture words if I, ain't, if I don't have them. So I'm, I'm, we're talking to her, and we're like, you know what? And me and my wife decided, hey, let's pray and fast for, for mom. And, you know, when we get down there to the funeral and different things, and we'll just, we'll just see what God will do. Okay, so we fast and pray for two days. We go down to the funeral. We're going down to the wake. Excuse me. My mother-in-law comes in all white. Now, I have never seen anybody wear all white to a wake or a funeral. She did it twice. She walked in. I'm exaggerating, but it's how it looked to me. I said, Whoa, okay. So we're sitting like in the second row. She sits in the front row. I never understood awake, but that's a whole nother story. So we're all standing here looking at this person. <laughs> I've yet to understand this. So I'm there. I don't, you know, me and my wife, we just sitting there. We just, all right, you know, we don't know what to say. You know, we're just trying to let it loose and just see what happens. My mother-in-law turns around. Now I'm, I'm a, again, this is how it looked to me. Were y'all praying for me? Yeah. I feel strength. Say, <laughs> so you a bad girl, girl. Woo! Taught me something. That's what living water looks like. Everybody else is crying. Everybody else is, oh, I mean, you know, I hate to, I'm sure it happens at other ethnic funerals. But I'm black, so I can tell, black funerals? What the world? Rolling, almost hit the casket. I mean, just different things. We're just like, get up, get up. I can't believe it. That ain't going to bring nobody back, dog. Get up. You're getting snot all over. We just paid for that. So, (laughs) I'm sure it happens at others, right? I, I can only speak about what I know. So, but her... She's in heaven. I'm okay. And, I mean, she's, the, she's not even the oldest. And she's settling down everybody. They call her Rock. Come on, Rock. You know what? I mean, it was, it was amazing to see. And God showed, that's what living water, that's what somebody who is filled looks like. That's what it looks like on the outward. That, somebody who can just say, look at this. I know what's going on. I know my mother has died. I miss her too. But no, no, no. I'm satisfied in Christ, though. So even though I've had earthly loss, come on, somebody, I've gained my heavenly father. I have my father. That's what it looks like, church. Is that you? 
Because that's what you should be asking for. Jesus said, whoever, whoever is thirsty, doesn't matter about race, doesn't matter about ethnicity, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter how you grew up. He says, all. Doesn't matter how bad you've been violated. He says, all who come to me, who thirst, them I will give them living water. Church, that's a promise. That's not a what if. That's not a I hope so. That's not a could he possibly. No, that's, that's what I'm going to do. That is the assurance. That is what God is going to do. And so when he does that, then it must be channeled outwardly, amen, to love and fellowship with people. It must be channeled to stand firm in the Lord. It must be channeled because I have this living water in me to stand firm in my faith. See, when that living water flows out, it changes your prayer life. Come on, somebody. It changes our consistency. We don't need to jump from relationship to relationship anymore. We don't need to constantly change. We can be steady because of who we are filled with. And that helps to steady others. My son, my, young, my youngest son, he has a knack for hurting himself. Strangely. Let me give you a night. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. One day I go to his room. He runs. I'm, I'm walking to his room. He comes out screaming. Dad, help me. Now, I am two feet away from him. I'm like, why are you yelling at me? What he had did, and he tried to lie to me. Check this out. I'm, I, I just did a rant about it. I got a couple. Listen. He said, I thought that I was putting in my earbuds, but I put in these pearls in my ear. Now, folks, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do earpods look like pearls? Are they round? Are they this big? Try to lie to me. Like I'm, I was more offended. I didn't even care about the pearls. I said, you try to lie to me? I should leave them in there. He said, I, I, got, I got pearls in my ear, Dad. We go to the hospital. The hospital laughs at him. The nurses are coming in going, what's wrong with him? He got pearls in his ear. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> pearls? The doctor comes in. Okay, what well, we got today? I heard he has something in his ear. He has pearls, doc. He has pearls. Like, like pearls? I'm like, yes. Some fake pearls, yes, in his ear. Not even real ones. Some fake pearls. So this, this is my son. Love him to death. That's my dog. You know, if I had to get into a fight in the alley, I'm picking him. So this is what he does. So long story short, I'm not going to hold you long. Long story short, he's walking to his closet. He trips. He hits um, a hanger, a plastic hanger. A piece of the plastic hanger breaks, gets in his eye. Yeah. I hear the most blood-curling scream I've ever heard, and I say, uh-oh, somebody's dying. So I go and run upstairs. My son says, Dad, I can't see. This is my boy. This is my son. Dad, I can't see. So I grab him, and so... The only thing he know to do, start praying. This boy don't pray. Can I be honest? At that time. Even now, I'm like, come on, man. You got to pray. But then he never prayed. Father God, I mean, just, I mean, he sounded like Pastor Wayman Mitchell. You hear me? He sounded like Pastor Gregman. He sounded like, God, right now, I mean, he's calling down every angel. You hear me? He's calling down heaven. 
I mean, he's just calling every constellation. I mean, just anything, anything that had to do with up there. He's so I'm there. I'm looking. I'm like, relax, okay. So all of a sudden, I start seeing this movement in his eye, and that peace is starting to move. And it was weird because they're like, Dad, I can see now. I said, don't move. <laughs> Pull out a piece about that big out of his eye, right? Get to the hospital. You know, he, he just had like a little laceration on the, you know, just nothing, nothing severe. It's a little, um, right? So I always tell my sons, if I'm not freaking out, you don't freak out. So we get through all that. He goes in the back. I start breaking down. Like, at this point, I am, now it's all coming out, right? I've held it all in. Now it's coming out. My son comes out from getting his eye checked. He comes, he sees me. I'm like, now I'm, un- now I, I don't cry. Okay, I cry. But I don't cry like that. I, I cry, I don't cry like that, though. I mean, it's like, un- you, you would have thought my mother had passed away or something. Like, it was that bad. So he comes to me. He's, he walks in. He goes, Dad. You know? <laughs> Roles are reversed, right? <laughs> and I look at him. He's like, Dad, if I'm not freaking out, you don't freak out. <laughs> what the world? Now I'm mad. Who are you talking to? I'm, I, I taught you that. You don't tell me that. I, t- I say all that because God showed me something. God showed me. Without Christ, I would have freaked out. I, I, I would have been all over the place. My son might have lost his eye because I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. I'm, but it was because of Christ. It stabilized me. It's, listen, it stabilized me to think. It stabilized me to be able to analyze what's going on and make proper decisions. That's what I'm talking about and flowing out. To, it means that when you have Christ in you and the Holy uh, the Spirit of God is in you, that flow of living water is in you, it causes you to look at things differently and go, no, 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 I'm not going to go to the club. To, I know I'm sad and I know I'm hurting. I'm not going to go there. No, I'm going to believe God here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to serve God. It begins to bring you to a balance where you're not going going out to the world anymore well you're not going for the culture anymore but now you say no god i'm with you that's what it looks like when it flows out that i don't make the same decisions any longer that i fight through the pain that i believe god that my mind will be restored you with me that's what it looks like that's what it looks like to flow out of you When everybody else crumbles under the pressure, you're only not crumbling. You're helping people along the way. That's what it looks like. I ask you. Be honest. Are you really drinking from the well? Because if not, listen, you're going to go in this circle the rest of your life. Today. If you're not, it's time to drink from the well. You've drank from everything else, didn't work. You've tried it all, still not working. And I'm not saying, you know, well, try Jesus. No, I don't try Jesus. Come on. So I, I don't, I, you know, if you say that, you know, bless you. I'm not, I don't do, try Jesus. Like Jesus is not, you know, some, you know, a granola bar. You, you feel what I'm saying? He's not, he's not some cereal that I'm going I'm to figure this out and see if it works with almond milk. No, I don't try Jesus. I drink from the well. And that's what I'm encouraging you. Drink from the well. And maybe you are born again. Praise God. You are saved. Praise God. Are you still drinking from the well, though? 
Even though you're established, God has helped you. He's delivered you. He's done things in your life. Praise God. You're in ministry. You're working within the church. You believe in God for your city. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Praise God. That doesn't mean you can stop drinking from the well, though. That doesn't mean you don't need the well any longer. If anything, that means you need to get a double dose of the well. This morning, I'm asking you to be honest before your God. I'm asking you to be honest about what you're drinking from and what you're not drinking from. And it is time this morning, listen, this morning, when we come to the altar, if you haven't been drinking from the well, it's time to make that commitment. No, I'm drinking from Christ. I want my soul to be satisfied. Can you say amen? Can you say amen, church? Listen, I'm tired of religious experiences. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of, yeah, this is what I do. I punch in the clock and we're going to leave it there. He'll preach for 30 to 40 minutes. I'm tired of all that, man. There's no timetable on drinking from the well. We need Jesus. And I'm encouraging you. Let that be your heart. Lord, I need you. Can you say amen? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.